Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom Fertile. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, brother. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so we can see what the Lord wants us to see today? I would love to. In the name of the Father Father, and Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For this moment, you are the God of now. You want us to be with you now and help me to choose and help everyone listening to choose you now, to be fully present to you as you are always present to us. Thank you for the gift of the gospel. Thank you for the gift of the mass. And as we open up the gospel that we will hear this Sunday at mass, please help us to be good receivers, that you are trying to always give your love and your hope and your joy and your courage, help us to be good receivers, and then we can then share the gifts that you give us, Lord. Please bless our time. Please help us to to love others and bring joy to others that, that only you can bring. So please live and speak and work through us as men, as women, as husbands, as fathers, as sons, as daughters, as friends, in every single aspect of our life. And we bring all this to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind uh, reading the gospel for us? Absolutely. A reading from the gospel of Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It's interesting. We have the naysayers that uh, want to quiet the man. Just just say, you know, rebuke him. No, 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 don't bother Jesus. Don't bother Jesus. And then we have the ones that, that say, you know what? Come here. Come to Jesus. So for me, I don't want to be that naysayer. If somebody has a prayer request in their heart, if they have a need, let them cry out. Let me come alongside and let me help them come to Jesus, not be a roadblock. So I think that's really important here because there's two, two people to find. The naysayers who you know want to silence him, rebuke him, and then the ones that say, you know, come, come to Jesus. Take courage. 
It's interesting, David. They're the two, the two parts of the gospel that I that I circled, and I was thinking, or I was asking my, you know, in, in my in my mind, in my heart, while while the gospel was being read, is there a possibility that that it could be the same person or the same people that that in one moment they're rebuking and telling someone to be silent, but then Jesus tells them now, go ahead, and now they have to go back and say, take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. And it really gave a challenge to me that in everything we do, we are Jesus. Like we are, for most people, we may be the only Bible that they read, right? Just how we interact. And, you know, so if these folks who were disciples and sizable crowd, so some of the sizable crowd, I'm sure, are are followers of Jesus, you know, not just kind of going along for the ride. So these folks were rebuking him. So they were, they had a chance to be Jesus, but they silenced and rebuked. So in my life, you know, am I, am I being Jesus uh, in my interactions and in my, in my thoughts and my words and what I do? Am I, am I being him to others in my life? Uh, so then they had the courage to get up and realize that Jesus is calling them. Yeah, the I look at the inspiration of Bartimaeus. Can I have that type of um, I don't know persistent faith? You know, he didn't he didn't give up. You know, he 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 wanted to be before the Lord and he rebuked, but he he called it all the more. And then and then when it really hits me, you know, when Jesus asks you, well, "What do you want?" Like that's a tough question. Like, what do you really want? Because we talk about what we want. You know, we're here in the week in the midst of you know Powerball madness and et cetera. <laughs> you know, what do we really want? You know, and if we if the Lord if the Lord stood before us. Which he does, but if he's you know physically in the same room with us, and and looked at us and said you know look at me and said what do you want? That's a tough question. You know, I'd ponder that like what what really is on my heart? What really would I? How would I answer that question? What I really want? You know, and and Bartimaeus had focus. He knew what he wanted. You know, and he and he, and he not only that, but he believed that the Lord could deliver. And I think that's again for me. You know, it, belief is always the easy part. It's that trust. Mm. Do I trust the Lord will deliver? You know, and that's so. I, th I think it hit the, the the example of Bartimaeus and go. I need I need to be a little bit more along those lines, having that persistent faith and that trusting that the Lord will deliver. But I got to be clear on what it is I'm seeking. Yeah. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head because a lot of people have faith, but they don't really trust Jesus. My spiritual director, Monsignor Esif, says to me, David, he always gives me visuals. You're like a trapeze artist. You're holding onto that rail. Jesus is there. Let go. I'm here. And you keep that one hand on, and you keep reaching out saying, well, well, grab me. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Let go. You see, that's the trust. Jesus will catch you, David. You need to let go. And too many times I want to hold on to something secure because I know I got a hold of that. I know the Lord is saying, let go. But, but as long as I... And he says, David, let go and trust the Lord will catch you. So that's the the visual the Lord has given me on this. And this whole thing that you pointed out of have pity on me, man, that's the way I want to go with that contrite heart, that that heart of, you know, Lord, have pity on me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord. Have pity on me. I am spiritually blind to my own sins. Invite the Holy Spirit in to shine a light in my soul, to reveal to me the sins that I'm blind to. The ones that I need saved from, the sin of self-sufficiency, I can do it. The sin of judgmentalism, I judge people when I look at them. All these sins that we're blind to, the Lord wants to set us free. And so for me, we look at this many times and read it as, 
oh, it's a physically blind person. They were, but there's more to the story because Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has cured your eyesight. No, saved you. So there's a definite connection between the physical blindness and the spiritual blindness. There's both, not either or, but both and present here. So for me, man, when you invite that Holy Spirit in to shine a light, you will be amazed at what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. And then this whole thing of a of contrition of the heart, have pity on me, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. And then the Lord, through the grace of God, through the intercession of Jesus Christ to the Father, he forgives us of our sins. Through the sacrament of reconciliation, we're set free. And I love Jesus. He does it here. And he says to the man, just like he says to you and I, when we leave that confessional, go your way. Because you see, it's always a free will choice. Do we choose after we've been set free, after we've regained our spiritual sight, do we follow him or do we go back our own way? And so that that to me, and, and that going back your own way, I got challenged one time in confessional because the priest said, you know, David, you're confessing of the same sin, but now you're taking the, you're taking the Lord for granted. You're taking his mercy for granted. And I had never really looked at that way. But it was like, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, you know, I, I, yeah, just go again. I get clean. And I go back out. And I know I'm going to fall again, but I go again. He said, don't take the Lord's mercy and compassion and forgiveness for granted. You know what? I thank the Lord for that priest. Because from that moment on, it changed my whole perspective. I realized truly the pain I was causing the Lord by my choice to act out for my choice to sin. So for me, again, beauty and truth, faith and trust. Trust in the Lord and the work he's going to do in you. And then that, <laughs> that proverbial surrender to the will of the Father. He knows what's best for us. Yeah, there's two things that kind of jumped out at me. Is that the Jesus, son of David. This man was like calling out to who Jesus is, who he was. He was saying, Jesus, you are mercy. And Jesus, I think, hears that and is is delighted at hearing that. And it reminds me of Father Gately at, when he was talking at our conference about consoling the heart of mm-hmm. Jesus. I think this statement consoled Jesus' heart among all of the noise in that crowd going on. He hears this man calling out to who he is. He came to save us. He came to have pity on us. So he wasn't just saying, give me my sight back. He's saying, have mercy on me, have pity on me, which is what Jesus is. So he's calling, he's, he's, acknowledging who Jesus is, the the Savior. He's saying, come and have pity on me, have mercy on me. And then the the other line was he threw threw aside his cloak, kind of reminds me of what you were saying about letting go. This man just threw away his cloak, which is to me a symbol of having something on you, you know, heavy on you. A cloak could be heavy. He's throwing it off and springing up because Jesus is there. So it's a message to me to throw off whatever whatever sins I might have or whatever and run to Jesus to remove that cloak, to surrender, like you were saying, to, to let go if you're holding on to something. This man threw away his cloak and sprang up because Jesus is there. Wow. That's awesome, brother. And you know, the, the question that I wrote down, you know, th- there's a statement here in response to Jesus's question, what can I do for you? Master, I want to see. And the question I wrote down for myself was, do I want to see? You know, because there's a lot of things that are weighing me down. Tom, as you're sh- you know, sharing about the cloak, there's a lot of things that are weighing me down. And I was listening to uh, a, a portion 
of a talk by Rick Warren on uh, on marriage. He said, uh, marriage doesn't take away our problems. You know, don't get married to take away your problems. Marriage, he said, a lot of people say, well, I didn't have any problems until I got married. He said, no, marriage doesn't cause problems either. He said, marriage reveals our problems, our blindness, our, you know, insecurities, our whatever, you know. So do I want to see is, uh, is a question that, that I'm asking myself now is, uh, do I really want to see where I'm blind, where I've fallen, where I've omitted? Take Sometimes that cloak uh, is it's heavy, but it's comfortable. You know, <laughs> oh. yeah. so we you know we go back when I when I get angry, when I get frustrated, when I get scared, whatever. You go back to the old habits, you go back to the old ways because that's what you know and that's what's comfortable. You know, and it's so it's a, it's a psychological and a spiritual thing. Mm. So you go back to that cloak because that's what that's what I know. I know my place. I know you know I, I'm this. I'm I'm no good because I do this. So I'm going to go back to that because that's who I am. And we redefine ourselves and mm. or keep defining ourselves as being something less than what we were created to be. And we we take comfort in, in that in that coat or in that darkness. You know, whatever it is. You know, we retreat back to what to the old habits. You know? And you know what my mm. spiritual director calls that, Tom? Self medicating. Oh, yeah. There you go. He said, you know what you're doing, Dave? You're self-medicating. You're going back to the old ways just to just to dumb yourself down, just to ease the pain, instead of going to the Father who can take you on his lap, who can heal those wounds. You're self-medicating with ways of the world, and that's the cloak. We want to, we want to get back to that cozy, you know, I sit and I'll just I'll vegetate for two hours on television and click through the channels. Self-medication. I'll... Have a drink. I'll go to pornography. Whatever you're choosing, instead of going to the Father, the first commandment is love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. That's what God the Father desires most from each and every one of us, his beloved children, is we go to him. Hey, Dad, I'm hurt. Dad, this hurt me. Pop up. Help me. Father, please hear my heart. Let me share my wounds. That's what he wants instead of us going to a bottle, going to a pill, going to a whatever, going to wherever. Don't self-medicate. That's a trap of the enemy. It's putting that, putting you ahead of God. Or, and then or, this whole thing about like the, the, they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. So it's like, you know, uh, not to explain what's going on in our lives, just to keep it hidden, you know, mm. keep stuff hidden, yeah. you know. Um, is not what we should do, you know, sort of going to confession or telling someone I'm sorry or apologizing for something. Instead, you know, instead of bringing it out to the open to keep it silent. And it's so funny you just said that, Tom, because you and I started to talk at the same time and I was thinking the same thing, that um, do I talk about my cloak, whatever is weighing me down or whatever problems I may have or <laughs> whatever situations with everybody else except the Father? Mm-hmm. You know, it, how intimate of a relationship do I have with with God the Father? Where first and foremost, I'm taking it to Him. I'm taking it to Him and just just letting it out with with my Father, and uh, and just trust that that He'll guide, He'll correct where He needs to, He'll He'll lead. And you know what, Rob? That's a mature prayer life when you, through Jesus Christ develop that divine intimacy with the Father, it's actually a maturation, a maturing of our prayer life because it becomes, what I like the terminology, divine intimacy. Jesus opened the gates of heaven. 
Jesus opened the way to the Father. He taught us how to pray. Our Father. Well, if he's our Father, where's precious sons and daughters? We go to him. That divine intimacy, that praying without ceasing. When I read that in scripture, I said, well, that's impossible, right? No. Praying without ceasing is involving God the Father in everything we do. Inviting the Holy Spirit to speak through us, to give us the counsel, to light our path. Walking with Jesus, allowing Jesus to live in us, with us, and through us. When you enter into that triune exchange of love, which is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Father, Holy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is awesome. That is mature prayer life. That is mature faith. And, it, you know, what, what sticks out, and it's not just in this gospel, you see this a lot when Jesus has done a healing or forgiving or usually it's both, both, of course, the response from the person receiving the grace is immediately, you know, immediately he received the sight. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law, immediately she got up and she served them. And, and, and all these all these different uh, healings where the person immediately was responded. And I, I noticed that because usually, you know, a lot of times when I'm in prayer or I, or I, I get an answer, I seek that, that quiet voice and I you know, get some direction or grace, you know, my response rather than being immediately is like, well, hmm, can I get a second opinion on that? Can I, can I, can we, can we review that uh, for further? Cause there might be some consequences of that course of action. You know, you know, when the response is no, when, when, when the, when the father touches your heart and you've, you've got that direction, you've got that grace, the Holy Spirit prompts, go, go with that, 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 that faith, go with that trust. So back to your trapeze day. Well, I see Jesus there, but uh, can we just double check that net? You know, yeah. uh, it's, and it's not easy to do. It's uh, that immediately thing. That, that's uh, that, tr that, uh, that troubles me a lot sometimes. That uh, It's not easy to, to respond with that immediate. You know, I love Jesus's statement in scriptures where he says, unless you become like one of these little ones, you can't enter the kingdom of God. We can enter into that kingdom of God here on earth, that divine intimacy, you know, prefiguring the eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit for all eternity. Now, as we become God's precious sons and God's precious daughters, we enter, that, enter into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who then says, take my hand, let me take you into the deep water, into the divine intimacy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then that communion with the three common union throughout our day, in the workplace, in the community, in the church, in the bedroom, everywhere. It's awesome. And it makes our life a great adventure. Childlike, not childish, yes. right? And I think, think, think we do a pretty good job being childish. He's calling us to being childlike, just childlike. And um, I had, had a, an experience with some high school freshmen and sophomores last week, we were at, at their school, we were in, in the chapel, adoration all day and just praying together. And uh, at one point I would ask for a volunteer to come up and um, they would come up and I would turn them right to Jesus. I, just, I want to introduce you to a friend, Jesus, this is Eric, Eric, this is Jesus. I say, Eric, say hi to Jesus. And he's like, hi, Jesus. And I said, Eric just prayed. You know, I said, that's a prayer. Guys, that's the kind of relationship our Lord wants. It's just, hi, Jesus, how you doing? Right? He doesn't need us to figure it out. When John the Apostle, when he looked down from the cross and he saw John, the Apostle, the youngest, the teenager, he didn't say, I'll you know, see you in 20 years, you're the future of the church. No, he needed to see John right then, right there. He and he didn't need John to climb up on the cross and take the nails out. He just needed his presence. Just like us, when someone shows up unexpectedly or we get a phone call from someone, 
in a difficult time or a text, right? Just like knowing that people are present to us in our pain, we don't need them to figure it out. And it's like Jesus, right? Just when we choose to be present to him, just visit him in the chapel, put down our phones and our computers and just say, you know, I'm here, Lord. I just want to hang out with you. All right, that's, uh, that's I think, what you're talking about. They, that, that childlike relationship where they just we just want to be with the Father. And last week, I had just such a precious day. I started out my morning in prayer, and then I said, Father, Daddy, will you go with me to help flag trees on the property? I want to plant and make the property beautiful people for people to generations to come. Well, I'm telling you, the Father came along, and I'd ask him, what do you think? We want to do maples here? You want to do sycamores there? What do you think? And I had the most amazing morning in nature, in creation, using the Lord's tapestry, his, his, his canvas, his oils, which were the trees and the, and the flowers I was planting, and flagging them with the Father. I'm telling you, I was like, I was like a, a floating little boy with Dad. That's what the Father desires most. He created us out of love for love for his delight. He delights in us as his precious sons, his precious daughters. And when we invite Dad along to go fishing, to go hunting, to plant trees, whatever we're doing, think about you. If your son or your daughter invited you along, tonight I'm going to a daddy-daughter dinner, taking my 28-year-old daughter out to dinner, just her and I. She can't wait. She said, I said, just be at my house at 6 o'clock. She said, I'm going to be there at 5.30, Dad. <laughs> you know, but she, her heart lit up. Well, that's the Father. He wants to go along with us into everywhere we go every day. Mm. Invite him along. And here's a novel idea. Ask the Father in the morning in prayer, Father, Dad, what do you want me to do today? What do we want to do today? And then listen. We know as dads, I mean, I, 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 the fondest thing, so to speak, about being a dad is, you know, coming home from work, you know, daddy, especially when, when the kids were little, you know, not so much saying it more with a 22-year-old doesn't do that, you know, but it's still, they still, their heart lights up, but that when a little kid, you know, come, comes running out and they reach their arms out, like, I don't care who you are, you, you can't resist that. That's just, you, you just want to scoop them up. You know, and I think about how we just, you know, as a, as a, as a temporal being, how, how, how my heart rejoices when, when the hands are reached up, when they, when I know the kid wants a hug, you know, uh, and I, I can't, I will never deny them that. I can't refuse that. It's just, it's, well, how much more than is our heavenly father just waiting, you know, for us to reach up with that, that childlike faith, you know, that, that daddy, you know, or, or we're in the pool, right? Inside of the pool, you know, and the kids are on the side of the pool. We're like, come on, jump. And you're thinking as a dad going, I, I you know, you, you can't convince your child enough. I will catch you. I guarantee you, <laughs> even, you know, if, 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 if the sky fell, if, 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 the, if the pool was on fire, I will catch you, you know, and that's me as a dad saying that. How much more can we trust the father? He will catch us. He will grab us. He will lift us up. We have to let go. We have to reach out. We've got to, we've, we've got to extend. And he is there more than we will ever be for our own children. Um, and yet we feel that as, as parents, how much, how much love we have doesn't even come close to, to what's waiting for us with the Father. You know, another thing that really jumped out at me here is we have the disciples, we have the sizable crowd, but Jesus noticed the one, mm -hmm. the one who was in greatest need. How many times does our agenda our busy schedule, get in the way and blind us or deafen us to the one 
that needed that special time, that needed just that extra moment in time that we can help them see Christ in us and in themselves. So for me, I'm going to pray to the Lord, man, take away my spiritual blindness that I can see the one in the crowd, the one amongst my friends that needs you, Lord, and then let me be an encouragement and an affirmer in what you can do for them and not a rebuker. That's a great, a, a great challenge, David. Um, we have five kids, and, and I, would, I would always want all five to be together. I would, you know, they would have their special time, but I love when all five were together. And a lot of times, when all five were together, there's a lot of bickering and whatever, you know. So all five ends no. up <laughs> end up like going home, like oh, that was great. <laughs> Whereas, like tonight, you're having your daddy daughter time, right? That's precious. So yeah, it's great to have all the kids together. But I think the intentionality of reaching out to each one to have that that individual one on one relationship is uh, is is a beautiful invitation uh, that you gave us. Thank and you. And though we can't spread ourselves apart to be with all of them at the same time <laughs> with that unique attention, our father can. Amen. <laughs> you Amen. Know? Yeah. So it's not like he has to choose between us. Yeah. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> the other important point here that I noticed is, notice the blind man on hearing that it was Jesus. You see, I think our language every day to every person we meet, when I go into a Turkey Hill, a gas station, wherever I am, I say, may God bless you. They need to hear about Jesus. They need to receive his blessings. Don't put under a bushel basket the light of Christ, which is within you, because this blind man heard about Jesus, but had no one shared about him, he would have remained blind and begging because he wouldn't have heard about Jesus. So I think we have that opportunity every day, in every moment, to just share about Jesus in our lives, in our journey. And it's exciting because people need to hear because then they're also drawn to that same light. And I like the way uh, Jesus treated this man with such graciousness. You know, what do you want me to do for you? He knew he wanted to see. At the same time, he has such great respect for him by asking him first, you know, like this guy was probably on the side of the road begging, probably smelled bad. People just looked at him and walked away. But Jesus, you know, treats him with such great respect. That's a great point, Tom, because again, for me, whenever I see someone who potentially is spiritually deaf or spiritually blind, I ask their permission. May I help you? May I give you counsel? And if they say yes, then I let the Holy Spirit give them what they need. May God bless each and every one of you. Be the world changers you were called to be. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.